boys and girls. A beautiful day it is today. My goodness, Miss Catalic has been sitting outside for the last half an hour or so, just soaking up all the sunshine before it sinks around to the other side of the house and grows very, very cold. Earlier, when I was sitting outside, I was watching a red-tailed hawk flying so high in the sky, and it kept diving down and screeching, making these beautiful calls. I absolutely love watching hawks fly. I wonder how many of you have hawks that live right around your house. I bet many of us do. Well, boys and girls, just on Monday, we listened to the story of how Tall got snuck into Troom. I was really scared for him, to be quite honest. And even though Noomsor Noom was ridiculed by the other storytellers, he held his ground and seems pretty confident that his story will be the one to open the door. I really hope that's true. Well, let's find out. Sit back, get comfy, and get ready to listen to Chapter 15. Chapter 15 The name of the first storyteller was Repertep-Tep. He was a little short man with a fat, round stomach. On the top of his bald head grew a tuft of gray hairs that stuck straight up in the air. His face was pudgy and his nose was flat, and his red little eyes were set in two narrow slits. All of his life, Repertep-Tep had done nothing but tell stories, for he was really too lazy to do much else. Nevertheless, he had learned a great many stories and could tell them well. On this account, he had been chosen by the king as one of the men who should try to open the golden door. Repertep-Tep did not like this at all. He did not have much courage, and he was afraid of what might happen to him if he should fail. He knew he would have to go to prison, and, to such a lazy man as he was, the idea of being put in prison with no comforts at all was enough to scare him to death. But, in spite of his fears, he had to tell the story just the same, for what the king commanded had to be done. Repertep-Tep walked straight across the room, and when he got in front of the throne, he made as low a bow as he could, which was not very low because of his fat stomach. And all the time his legs were shaking so that he could hardly stand up. Then he said in a voice that trembled with fear, It is your highness's wish that I tell a story. I am greatly honored to have been chosen for such a task. I know what sorrow your highness has suffered since the disappearance of the prince. It is my wish that tonight I may be able to open the golden door and return your son to you. Then he bowed again and stayed bowed until the king spoke. There is a penalty for not opening the door. You know what it is, don't you? I do, said Repertep-Tep. But I beg one thing of you. If my story pleases you, 
you will be merciful and consider that I have done my best? A look of anger came over the king's face. He turned to his courtiers and said, Who is this man that he should ask for mercy? If there is any reason why he should be treated differently from anyone else, tell me that I may know. When none of his courtiers answered him or gave him any reason, the king looked squarely down at Repertep-Tep and said, There will be no mercy shown. Either you will open the door or you won't. If you do, you will be rewarded. If you do not, you will be thrown into prison. Such are my orders that they shall be carried out. I know it, said Repertep-Tep nervously. I, I know all that, but... There is no but, said the king. Stop talking and tell your story. But, said Repertep-Tep again, for he was really too frightened to know what he was even saying. If you say that again, roared the king, I'll have you thrown in prison this minute. Tell us your story. Repertep-Tep drew himself up to his full height and began. At first his voice was unsteady, but soon he forgot all else but the story he was telling. It was the story of Ban Taguma. There was an old man who lived all by himself. He had no friends, and he had no name. So the people in the village used to call him Num Ni Nam Fundu, which means old no-name friendless. For many years, no one had even seen him, because he never went out of his house. Whenever he wanted to eat, he would give his dog the money and send him off to the market. And there was not a person in the village who did not know Ban Taguma, the white dog that belonged to Num Ninem Fundu. Old Fundu was a miser. He had lots of money, but he never spent any more than just enough to keep himself alive. The rest of it he kept in a big iron box that was hidden under the kitchen floor. He was so afraid that someone might find out where it was that he never invited anyone to the house. On this account, he lost all the friends he used to have when he was young, and he became very lonely and very unhappy. He was so much of a miser that he never gave his dog any good food. Instead, poor Ban Taguma used to eat what his master left on the plate. Then he would curl up in the corner on a dirty old piece of cloth and go to sleep. Often he wished for a nice new bed. Often he dreamed of all kinds of things to eat. But he never complained, for he liked old Fundu too much. One evening, Bantaguma went to the market to buy his master some supper. When he was coming home with a big bag of meat in his mouth, he passed two man's, men standing in the street. One of them said, There goes Fundu's dog now. Little does he know what's going to happen to the old man tonight. Wouldn't matter if he did, said the other. Old Fundu half starves that dog of his. All we'll have to do is give him a little meat. He won't bother us at all. Bantaguma pretended to pay no attention. He walked by them and on down the street a little way to where there was a tree. Behind this, he dropped his bag and sat down to listen. As he listened, he heard the men talk about 
how they were going to rob Num Ninam Fundu. That very night they planned to break into his house, find the box of gold, and carry it off. When Bantaguma heard this, his one thought was to get home and protect his master. So without even thinking to pick up the supper, he ran off home as fast as he could go. Where's my supper? asked Num Ninam Fundu, as soon as the dog came into the house. What have you done with the money I gave you? Then, for the first time, Bantaguma remembered having left the bag behind the tree. He was very much ashamed. He put his paws on Fundu's knees and licked the old man's hands. He tried in every way he could to let his master know how sorry he was. At the same time, he was afraid to run back and get the bag, for fear that the robbers would come while he was away. "'You needn't try to make it up to me,' said Fundu, getting angry. "'You're a bad dog. I have a mind to beat you.' Bandaguma sat up and begged. He barked and he whined. He pawed the spot on the floor under which the gold was buried. He did his best to make Fundu see what he was worried about, but to no avail. "'You needn't try all those tricks,' said the old man. "'Where's my supper?' Bantaguma looked up with big tears in his eyes. He growled just the way he would growl if someone were coming into the house. Again, he scratched the floor over the gold. He barked excitedly and bounced around the room. Come here, said Fundu. None of this nonsense. What have you done with my supper? Bantaguma sat down and wagged his tail. Did you buy the meat? asked Fundu. Bantaguma barked twice. That meant yes. Did you eat it? Bantaguma barked once. That meant no. Did someone steal it from you? One bark. Did you drop it? One bark. Did you leave it somewhere? Two barks. What did you do that for? said Fundu. Haven't I told you never to put it down? Two barks. Then why did you? Again, Bantaguma tried to explain about the robbers. Stop that, said Fundu. You're a bad dog, and you know you are. Get my supper. When you come back, you can go to bed. Hurry up. Bantaguma was sad. I guess there's nothing to do but go, he thought. Isn't my master stupid, not to understand what I mean? Then he put his tail between his legs and went out of the door. When he got to the tree, the bag was no longer there. He looked everywhere. He looked behind all the trees, up and down the street. The bag had gone. What could he do? Now Fundu would surely beat him. He wouldn't mind the beating so much if the old man would only try to understand him. That was more important than the supper. So he ran back home, hoping to find some way of explaining all that happened. Fundu was waiting for him. When he saw the dog come back with nothing in his mouth, he was angry. He picked up a stick and called Bantaguma to him. You ate the meat yourself. You just tried to fool me. Bad dog. At least I'll teach you to be honest. Without giving poor Bantaguma a chance to say yes or no, he beat him with all his might. That's a lesson to you. The next time I send you to the market, you won't eat the food. 
Bang Taguma did not whisper. You're not worth feeding. You're a wretch. Take that. Fundu had completely lost his temper. He beat the dog so hard that his arm became tired. Then he kicked him and sent him to bed. You can stay there for a while, he said. He tied the dog up with a piece of string and left him in the corner. All evening long, Fundu paid no attention to Bantaguma. Usually he turned him loose outside to guard the house, but he was too mad even to do that. So when bedtime came, he left the dog in the kitchen and went upstairs without even saying good night. As soon as he thought his master had gone to sleep, Bantaguma chewed the string in two and freed himself. He knew that soon the robbers would come, and he had to think of something to do. If he were outside, it would be easy to scare them away. But he had another plan in mind. He wanted to catch them and hold them so that Fundu might see how much he knew. Then, perhaps, his master would forgive him. Quietly, he tiptoed upstairs, and one by one he brought his master's clothes down. He put them all on and sat in the chair by the fire. There he waited, pretending that he was asleep. Pretty soon, he heard two men talking outside the door. Bantaguma must be off hunting, one of them said. Fundu always puts him out at night. If he were anywhere round, he'd bark at us. I'm just glad he isn't here, said the other. The next minute, the door was pried open, and in came two robbers. One of them carried a lantern, and they each carried a big stick. Bantaguma sat very still right where he was. Shh, said one of the robbers, looking at the figure in the chair. There's old Fundu, asleep in the chair. If he wakes up, we'll get him. If not, so much the better for us. The gold is somewhere under the floor, said one with the lantern. Come, let us look for it. They got down on their hands and knees and tapped the floor here and there, listening for a hollow place. At last they found it. They pulled up the boards and there they saw the box of gold. In their excitement, they put their sticks down and their lantern and tugged at the box to get it out. After they had lifted it up, instead of going off with it, they opened it right there on the floor to count the money. Bantaguma watched for his chance. When he was certain that they were off their guard, he jumped up and barked and growled, growled furiously. The men were so surprised and so frightened that they ran for the door, but Bantaguma headed them off and drove them into a corner where they stood trembling with fear while the dogs snarled and snapped at their legs. Here, Bantaguma, said one, take this and let us go. Out of his pocket, he took the bag of meat that the dog had left behind the tree and threw it at him. Bantaguma paid no attention. He only went on growling and barking. Your master will whip you for taking his clothes, said the other. You had better be quiet and let us go. But nothing they said made any difference to the dog. He kept on barking and growling for all he was worth. Old Fundu, hearing the noise, woke up and lit his lamp. He looked for his clothes, but they were gone. 
I have been robbed of everything, he said, and he jumped out of bed and ran downstairs in his white nightgown. When he came into the kitchen and saw the box of gold in the middle of the floor, he knew at once what had happened. The next minute he saw the two robbers huddled in the corner. He did not wait to say a word, but he picked up one of the sticks and called the dog off. Then he held the stick high in the air at the robbers and said, I will hurt you. You deserve it for trying to rob me. Please don't, said the robbers. Do anything else you wish, but please do not hurt us. Tell me who you are, said Fundu. Why did you try to rob me? Then the robbers told him all, even about how Bantaguma had dropped the meat. They went on and said, We heard that you had a great deal of gold hidden under the floor, so we decided to steal it. When we came into the house, we thought you saw, we saw you asleep in the chair. But it was not you. It was your dog dressed in your clothes. The dog caught us and drove us into the corner. We did not dare move, for fear he would bite us. That's what happened to us. That's how we were caught. Fundu said, I won't hurt you this time. I shall keep you prisoners tonight, and in the morning I'll take you to jail. He bound the robbers hand and foot with a rope, and then he gave Bantaguma a big bowl of bread and milk. And all that night he and the dog sat in the kitchen guarding their prisoners. The next morning, Fundu took the robbers to the jail, and when he came back, he said to Bantaguma, You saved me from being robbed last night. I am so sorry I scolded you and did not understand about the meat. Tell me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. With these words that Fundu spoke, Bantaguma ran over and barked at the box of gold. What could you do with that? asked Fundu, for he had no idea that the dog would ask for his money. You don't want it, do you? Yes, barked Bantaguma. Since the old man had made the promise, he had to keep it. He opened the box and told the dog that the money was his. Bantaguma took it, a mouthful at a time, and carried most of it to the marketplace. There he bought everything that was needed for a feast, and he spent the whole day carrying the food back to the house. When Fondue saw so much food, he thought the dog had gone mad. But Bantaguma made his master understand that he was set to work to cook it all. While Fundu was busy doing this, the dog went to the houses of all the nice people in the village. Outside of each house, he stood and barked until the people came to see what he wanted. Then he got them to follow him. From house to house he went, and soon a great crowd was trailing behind him, wondering where he would lead them. After giving Getting everyone he wanted, he led the crowd to his master's house. There, Num Ninam Fundu had prepared a feast such as a king would have. The people came in and ate and enjoyed themselves. Old Fundu entertained them with stories about his dog. They all thought the old man so kind and so generous that thereafter they came to see him more and more often. In this way, Nam Ninam Fundu made a great many of friends, just as many as anyone else in the village had. Thus, though he did not have much money, he had a great deal of happiness. And he and Bantaguma are alive today and are the very best of friends.
No sooner had Reper Teptet finished his story than he looked at the golden door to see whether it was going to open or not. All the others did the same. However, though they waited in silence for a long time for something to happen, nothing did. The door remained fast shut, and it showed no signs of opening. At last the king said, He has told a good story, but so have many others. He has failed to open the door. Take him and throw him into prison. Please, your highness, uh, grant me some mercy, cried Repertep-Tep, kneeling down at the foot of the throne. I, I don't want to go to prison. I know you don't, said the king. Neither does anyone else. Please, please don't, he sobbed, crying like a child. I have done all I can. Please be merciful. But the more Repertep-Tep begged and pleaded, the more angry the king grew. He turned to the guards and said, This man is no sight for me to see. Take him, throw him into prison. Immediately the two guards rushed forward and seized poor Repertep-Tep. They dragged him out of the room and down the hall. And as they went further and further away with him, his voice could still be heard crying, Please, please don't throw me into prison, please! They took him on down a flight of stairs to the bottom of the palace, where they opened a trap door and threw him headlong into a dungeon. Then the guards went back to the throne room and stood by the king, just as if nothing had happened at all. <laughs>